namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa buddham dhammam sangham nisami So this occasion, ongoing occasion, to considering and practicing perspectives, the view, the teachings of the Buddha. And particularly from the language terms and way you use language and what he's referring to. Which is one of the most important references to that which can be liberated. You know, that's what we're here for, that which can be liberated, that which can be liberated, that which gets confused and lost, which moves from birth to birth to birth, or finishes it. A source of sorrow and joy, skillful and unskillful, bondage and liberation. Jitta, a term that's uh, translated generally as mind, but um, I'm proposing that this, this, you can review this experience, this intelligence, this way of that which receives impressions, that which you, know, you call that as awareness, as fundamental property, it's that which, like a mirror. It's not in anything, it's just receiving mm. like a mirror. And there's also uh, another sense in which it's much more that which responds and is affected. It feels, it senses, it's vibrant, it's excited, it's angry, it's joyful, it's affected, it's persevering, it's faltering. Uh, it's aspiring, it's depressed. Call this heart, very important aspect of citta, because out of this, most of our, our intentions and impulses and actions arise. And then another aspect, mind, which is more that which scans. How's this? How's that? What's going on here? All this. Chitta. Now we can you know, consider the mirror, beauty of the mirror, beauty of the mirror, it's, it, it, everything can be received in it, you know, it receives everything, fair or foul, you know, weird or wonderful, clear or foggy, you know, the mirror remains steady. Mm-hmm. This aspect is there. But of course, well, most people, the movements are so engrossing, so disturbing, so uh, rich and colourful, and uh, the mirror isn't really noticed. It's what's in the mirror that's noticed. 
And you can imagine when it's very wild or glorious, and the nature of the mirror is so what? You're aware of itself. Yeah. And it's really all the movement. It seems to be our life. It seems about all this dynamic, very dynamic, moving, pulsing, painful, joyful, confusing stuff, heart. Uh, we have mind, but then again, uh, many people, the mind is busy occupied with, you know, figuring out grocery bills and um, getting to work and this, that, and the other, dealing with things. Yeah, and so a lot of energy is just put into dealing with the material world, not really referring to the heart at all. In fact, some deliberately getting away from it. It's just. You know, entertainments, books, things we can look at, we can occupy ourselves with to not have to really, you know, to feel some of the rawness and the uh, loneliness, desperation or sadness of the heart. When we cultivate Dhamma practice, actually we are inclining mind towards heart, jitta towards itself, towards its subjective internal impressions this is the fundamental you know, gathering in of our attention gathering in the collecting our attention is not going out into speculation possible theories what could be and should be just this is a state of agitation or uncertainty or restlessness. We keep referring things back to the heart qualities because then you're dealing with the most fundamental um, source, what we call karma. So in the heart, there's the karma potentials for good, for bad, and also for liberation. Karma means action. Here, of course, as with many of these terms, the word action, English word action, doesn't really do it justice. It really means where, you, where your intention is engaged, where your heart is engaged, where it engages, decisively engages with a thought or a or heart quality, an impulse. That's karma. That moment when it engages, oh, right, let's do this. Almost one of the things can be rolling by, and something my heart picks it up. Yeah, that one. We go. There's a click, almost like you do shifting gear, you're in gear with that one. That's karma. And now, with the karma, the teaching is everything that one engages with in this way. Yeah, it, it, it's going to take you somewhere, it's going to be a result. And then the nature of this system is that those results are, are stored. Or leave residues. It's a very dynamic system, but it's actually in a feedback loop. In this case, this process of mind is like an energy system. It's very energetic, as we recognize it's dynamic and uh, pushes out impressions, throws them out, and it also receives impressions and is stirred or calmed. Its energy shifts and changes. It moves out to another impression as a result. And it's moved on, it gets a result, it picks it up, and it continues. So it's, it's feedback loop called karma, 
vipaka, vipaka results of what we've engaged with and they give rise to particular qualities of agreeable, disagreeable feeling and they also give rise to the impulse to do more of the same or change direction or learn or you know, whatever you know. so they're getting themselves constantly, the heart is giving itself feedback and that instigates further action in that way against it it's very important to know this because this is what sets the jitta turning it's ongoing turning it's ongoing nature, it's ongoing turning is that it it just keeps rolling and uh, the mirror-like quality is lost and the liberation is lost and truly engrossed in this ongoing turning of the cause and effect come with Paka. So when we are collecting, collecting attention on this process, certain very important things to bear in mind. Dark karma actions, heart movements when engages with it give rise to wretched results, miserable results, uh, depressing results uh, all results just don't get even useful it's distracted, scattered yeah. and bright karma, that which gives rise to bright results where the heart feels lifted, opened the quality of warmth and luminosity to it settles, its energy is settled made happy Mm-hmm. and is mixed thereby is it muddled and the uh, karma that's most significant which is the karma of practice is the karma that leads to the end of it that is that those particular engaged intentions that begin to settle this spinning enough that we Notice the mirror. Oh. And attention is into that. We come out of the mesmerized uh, machinations of it, of the mind. There's this serene, open quality. Mm. And this is always, always there to an extent. The fact that we can even know what we're doing. That's some way of recollecting, reflecting upon it. Reflection itself implies the mirror. But in that mirror, so often we're getting affected by the results of what we're doing, the uncertainties, the movements, so dazzling and entrancing, and sometimes distressing. The heart is just activated, 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 activated. And you kind of know, and yet, it's not strong enough to actually come out of the trance. You know, somebody who knows you, maybe knows you're in a trance, but you don't even, which is great because some people don't even know it. <laughs> the trance is not a trance, it's reality. Yeah. There's always occasion that double practice you, well, at least one's got to the point of knowing 
this much. And uh, you know, karma is the end of karma. So we had to wake up and engage with this heart so it's uh, steadied. And, uh, and there are various uh, aspects to that. The very process of, um, I think, bear in mind, is that the very process of cultivation is a idea of it, why we do retreats, why we meditate, why meditation is always a big part, not the only part, but a big part of this whole experience, this practice that Buddha's teaching, the Indian karma, because meditation means you just stay. And, you, and that staying and returning again and again and restraining the senses and restraining the outgoing activities and about silence and simplicity has a consolidating effect. The mind's energies are consolidated because when we do half an hour of meditation or do a three-month retreat, for that period of time, saying this, you stay with this. You know? And that's a very simple idea. Uh, it's not supposed to be as an imprisonment, but a sense of, you know, keep, you know, all the outgoing, you keep drawing it back in. Where's it going and why? You know, it's always got a good reason for it. But now just feel the quality of the mind going out and where it goes. And it's, it's uh, and particularly, there's a pressure to it. Yeah. So I notice on retreats, you know, first of all, the purpose, we get a sense of purpose, oh, great. Maybe after two weeks of saying, I've got this great idea of what I need to do. <laughs> yeah. It is luminous because the energy of the mind is so consolidated. The mind feels very strong. It's actually strong and then it gets some idea of project, you know, the thing to do need to do, want to do, important project, thing to do, it lights up, the outgoing, and uh, just be able to return, okay, how's that, that energy, how's that, not to quarrel with the topic, all topics have some truth in them, but for now, for now, what's the heart doing? Settle, we bring it back. Dispassion towards the future, the past, stories, and trying to fix things, solve things. Notice, you know, there's a strong tendency in my mind to want to tie up the loose ends and get everything tidied up. That kind of quality. Innocuous, and yet can get very dizzy. It's a strange, irrational, instinctive energy. You just start scurrying around doing things. Wait a minute, just... Where did that come from? <laughs> you don't have to. We use recollections to keep drawing us back, to keep collecting, to keep collecting the mind back into this precious occasion which could be for an hour or half an hour 
in a day if you're doing just daily practice. It could be for a week. It could be what we're doing here is three months. This is quite prestigious, quite enormous undertaking. And in this there are many activities that we do. You know, sweeping and cooking and you know, tidying up and doing stuff and not a massive amount, we're still containing that within a certain loop, a certain reference, just within this, what helps is keep the requisites properly attended to, properly provided for, finished, completed. Put it on hold and collect it. Very important to, to get this principle because in the sense of collecting is the initiation of the principle of samadhi, which is really what you know, meditation is a big part of it's about this consolidating one's energy. Uh, this consolidation of energy we call samadhi. It's things that get the mind is gathered in, it's steadied in itself, it's feeding its own nature, its own buoyancy, its own happiness or its own sorrow <laughs> so that we can work with you know, or begin to realize what the habits are these tendencies that are there in chitta the old vipaka the old habits the old inheritances that have come in the old habits that have been laid down and how they can be met, understood, properly attended to, so keeping that uh, within that arena. So that this, uh, because this, in this process of heart, mind is chitra's heart, the cause and effect, things that have been engaged with, and the results of that. And these have uh, naturally things we remember uh, and in retreats memories come up and things that are of this nature why is that why, why where does it all come from how do we remember anything anyway you know, what, why does the mind remember things This is the nature of mind, because mind is an energetic system and its fundamental intelligence is that when when something affects us, the energy trembles. You notice that something affects you as a kind of shift, trembling, jump, jump, oh great, that's great, oh wonderful, you know, oh no, a kind of shudder. Are happy or unhappy, that's that's an effect in the mind's energy. And so that the mind, the energy system of the mind then receives that particular impression. That gets patterned in. It becomes part of the pattern through which the mind's energy is a cycling, hits that particular pattern, shudders again. Oh joyfully, oh that's so and so. I love you. Or I remember we did that with a little jump of joy. Or something unhappy. So the results of our, what our mind has been affected by are collected in the mind's energetic system. It's circling. 
And when you're not engaged with new material, new things to do, new places to go, the mind just keeps circling in its own inherited energy patterns and receives, it begins to sense all these places where there's been a, a shudder of joy, a shudder of sorrow, a distinct warping effect of abusive things that have happened or you know, unfortunate things one has done and of course skillful things those can be there and this is a, the mind is there, has a form to it and this form process is what we call uh, formed by sankaras which are called mental forms or mental formations they form the mind, they shape it you get hard-hearted you get broad-minded you do a lot of work your mind gets very sharp and intense yeah? it can get very scattered a big shock shatters the energy system it scatters it's a scattered mind what are we referring to? we're referring to these energetic patterns in the mind if you can sitting in meditation as your mind is sort of spinning through rather like a record turning around, you hit one of these places and the mind is going to shatter that. Where does that come from? And it scatters, or it sinks, it hits a sink place and it sinks down. Always remember something that amused us. Or we, this is all kind of the inheritance, the vipaka, what has been engaged with. Now, you know, one can get all very personally <laughs> but actually what we've engaged with isn't necessarily even what we've instigated ourselves you know so if somebody has bullied you at school you didn't do that but you your mind was engaged with that particular experience and you engaged with a sense of fear or worry so that fear pattern is established yeah. You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't do anything wrong apart from engage with the particular emotional pattern of fear, worry, defensiveness. So you've got one of those there. You know, most people have these quite common. You know, not just what we've done, but what's been done to us. Yeah, we get decisively engaged with. And that affects this inheritance of the mind. Yeah. So it's got all these kind of lumps and places where it's been pushed in. And of course, sense desire throws it out, so the mind loops out. And most of you've all been very much inducted to that process. Didn't take much inducting. <laughs> but of course, in consumer materialism, this is, is highly, um, high, highly emphasized sensory um, gratification. So the mind's a big loop that it runs out through. Yeah? And so it's got patterns which throw it out. Perhaps we draw it back, perhaps we cause it to shatter, perhaps we cause it to sink. Yeah? And those are established in, in the ongoing turning of the mind's energy system. When you sit and meditate, now none of this is, technically none of this is happening, <laughs> except because you're not engaging with new input, all this old material starts kind of rising. Isn't that the case? <laughs> You know, all this old material starts arising. Not necessarily it's the moods, the emotions start washing up, the perceptions, the impressions. It begins to 
arise. And that's kind of why, one of the reasons why we live in a contained way. To say, well, yeah, that's true, but let's not act on that one. Uh, and you're safe here. You don't have to feel that good. You know, because you're dealing with your stuff, right? Which And it's not all good. So you don't have to feel that great. You don't have to be an ace meditator. Because when we think of meditation, we think nice, clear, steady, you know, lotus blossoms sitting there, you know, dewdrop in the shining sea, astral projection, cosmic stuff. And actually what you're sitting is just turgid. <laughs> or whingy things. So, but this, you know, drop that illusion. This is all kamatana. You're working on karma. Right? And that's the way this word kamatana is the more way we talk about um, dhamma cultivation, direct practice, meditation, but not just meditation, but our, our lives within this contained system of uh, restraint, of precepts, of community, of just stay in the place. Stay with it, with the stuff, the inspiration and the boredom, and being able to do it well and not being able to do it well. Let's just go through that and getting less and less dramatized by it all. And the sense in which the film becomes more dispassionate for all this. But one of the um, yeah, themes of you know, what we directing uh, <coughs> attention towards uh, and deliberate engagement with this is engaged with the whole theme of bright karma or punya, skillfulness or blessings, goodness. Uh, because this is generally the piece that people miss. Naturally the things that most stir us are the unpleasant things. Yeah. It's easy to, to it's easy to remember and to be affected by unpleasant things and to store them up because they're the pieces that we haven't been able to really assimilate and integrate. So because so the mind has just built defences or ways of getting away from that. And then you start to come into kamatana, the walls come down, the stuff starts opening up and one doesn't like it at all. Yeah. So it seems as if uh, this, uh, or this dukkha, this unsatisfactory material arises and uh, because that's what most grabs our attention. Displeasure is an extremely riveting experience because we desperately want to get away from it. Uh, And so you have to remember, well, there's good karma. Because when, particularly when we're avoiding the steps that an average person would make to uh, distance themselves from these uncomfortable experiences, which is they really add something to the mind, they go and watch a movie or you know, have a meal or go and chat with some friends and put some music on, you know, they're not blameworthy. You know, get some positive input into it. Well, in this particular practice, you say, well, no, you don't do that. Not to make life more miserable, but in order to kind of start to instigate uh, 
reflecting on and gathering up good karma. Because in the long run, this is much more sustaining than an hour in the movies. And so we're generating good karma and reflecting on it and bringing it back. This is the whole theme of consolidating good karma, merit. It's called merit, or it's a big theme in, in uh, Buddhist cultivation. The word merit is not the most happy, fortunate word, so we might say goodness or blessings. And very important to do this, because this is a bit that people don't necessarily do. Uh, and it, it really is uh, quite, uh, from an outsider's point of view, it, it, it's, it, it's kind of, people are doing great stuff here, you know, uh, getting up early in the morning, you know, putting energy into sitting, walking, restraining their activities, on renunciation, keep a very strong sense of moral values. This is marvellous stuff, you know. Person doesn't notice it. <laughs> yeah, and this thing I feel so good. You know. They don't notice the goodness they're doing. They don't notice the, um, you know, the skillful results. And so, so doing all the good, what does actually collect it? You can actually collect it. It's like you sowing the seeds, yeah, but you don't actually gather the, the fruit. So the mind remains unnourished. And this is uh, something to, to really take seriously, because you have to nourish the chitta, otherwise the sense of energy begins to become less buoyant, less uh, vigorous, and you start to get distracted and you know, you go into these, um, you haven't got the strength and the vitality to, to keep going. Heart needs food. You want a pilgrimage, you need the food. And when you take away the food of sense desire, the food of status or progress in worldly terms, then you need the food of good karma and, and to be able to collect it. Collect. The value of restraint, collect the value of precepts, collect the value of, of these things. It's recollecting. So we're tying the loop, feedback loop of good intentions, good actions, and connecting where does it land? to get this sense, because we're not just following these systems to be obedient, or because we you know, we have to, some obligation, we are, well, we should be, considering every day we have the free choice, doors open, free choice, every day is the free choice, it's your life, yeah. But take your life seriously. Mm-hmm. And be gathered and collected by the acknowledgement of the skillfulness of what you're doing. 
just by maintaining a steady practice. And notice where do, where do the results go? Where do the results of that go? And as we began the retreat, I was recommending we consider a sense of purpose. You know, what are we here for? Purpose. Now, you bring up all like purpose, then naturally, yeah, I like to, you know, get my head sorted out and learn a few things. Yeah, that's one level of it. Like you say the personal level might be, you know, a bit calmer. But let's go a little bit deeper than that to where, where, what is it that, what is it that moves, that rises up? What is, what is it in us that can lift and rise and sustain? It's not, it's not a verbal thing, it's a heart thing. Uh, for me, this is what puja is about. Morning puja is just that, you, you know, rise up and you just rise. Use your voice, use your energy, use your sound, use the Buddha image. Use the just rising up to awakening. And it's, it's an occasion, for just sheer occasion for rising up devotion. In the history, the day, the time, the people, all these details disappear. We're just in this timeless occasion where you rise up to awakening. And this really is the purpose now. However you want to translate the word awakening, illumination, clearing, uh, finishing the past, uh, coming out of this world of circumstance into something timeless, the deathless, However you want to translate that. We're coming out of circumstances, out of Thursday morning and got to get the shopping done. We're coming into, hey, you know, we're human beings. We've got this potential for something that's beyond circumstance, beyond just events, something really transcendent and luminous. That, where does that purpose come from? Very often we're asked to, to recollect certain things that help to remind us of this. We recollect we're death-bound. Mortality. You know, we're next to happen any day. When you just bear that in mind, you consider you bring your mind to that time and time again. What kind of light does that shine on your activities? If this is your last day, what is all this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> if this is life, this is your last thing, wouldn't you like to live with a certain sense of grandeur and um, that, you know, and benevolence and, you know, and not be caught in stuff? Yeah. This is, mortality is an important thing to recollect, one of our main themes, mortality. Because it helps you to lift out of the world of circumstances where you get so snagged, the energies run out, and you realize this. If we're dying, every any day we're dying, you realize things, and you know the world of circumstances never tidied up. Every one of us leaves in a mess, <laughs> with socks unwashed, <laughs> drawers full of stuff. You, this, that, and the other things we didn't say. It's time to go. Drop it. You know, it's a, it's a real, 
refreshing thing to, to bear this in mind. It's, it just gives you some perspective on, on the busyness and the, the planning and the agitation. Now, this is the time for forgiveness, this is the time for resolution, this is the time to, you know, to touch into the, the beauty that can be there when we rise out of circumstance into something that will stay with us. You recollect Buddha, if one did puja, the awakened one. You know, you use this image here, uh, use a Buddha image, because Buddha image again it keeps imprinting a certain impression on the mind. First of all a visual impression, as you chant, devotional chanting, sounds and voices, soft lights, give an emotional impression. This is not hard, this is not pressurized. Yeah. This is soft, bright, steady. And those tones, the quality of emotion, tonalities of it, have an effect on the energy of the mind. The energy of the mind is receives something steady, gentle, clarifying. Whatever you think, Buddha is this historical person, you pick up those tones and recollect it. You think his mind is jittery, brittle, fragile. Be awake to that, steadying it, steadying it, steadying it with this recollection of Buddha. These are two important recollections. Recollect means you take a theme which starts off as a concept, turns into a percept, which is a, a meaning, and becomes an, has an energetic effect. And the more you do this, those effects become imprinted on the mind. Just like every other effect we've had in our life. These become part of our karma. But this is bright karma because this is these are reference points that you turn to again and again that help to arrest the mind's drifting, careening, scattering. This is all these are all uh, like aspects and supports for meditation. The process of gathering in. We recollect in many ways, we recollect the requisites. Where's that which is enough? We use the word, the big word for requisites is enough. Tea is enough. The food is enough. Lodgings, it's enough. <laughs> you know, it could be this, it could be that, but it's enough. And you see, use this word, so you can quite reduce all the recollections on the records down to this one term. Enough. Enough to get by on for a day. And then, uh, the mind, oh yeah. Yeah. And shape, colour, form, textures, taste, flavours, that's not the point, the point is just, you know, <laughs> your mind can then stop <laughs> at that point. And so these recollections of the requisites are very helpful too, because we are dealing with uh, sense objects, buildings, uh, lodgings, um, clothes, 
which can, in, in ordinary worldly life, these can have a lot of gleam to them, a lot of pizzazz, a lot of action to go around about a particular style, fashion, trend, prospect, and so forth. Yeah. And uh, just enough is the word we use. That place that on top of the flavour, the sight, does the job, you know, end of topic. But in the mind, if you know, it, it just contains it from that outgoing into proliferation. Very important recollection. Yeah. Recollection of community, bring this together. And you can say, well, he's this and she's that, and I'm this, and I'm better than this, I'm not as good as that, and I wish I'd like her, but I'm like this instead, and da 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 going on, and on and on, like this, and all the interpersonal stuff that can go on. And you have to brothers and sisters in aging, sickness, and death, how about that? That's <laughs> 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 a cuts out a few proliferating details, doesn't it? How about people with karma, beings with karma like me, heirs to our karma? He too is getting his, you know, meeting his rough points. She too is, is meeting her, her shock patterns. You know? He too is, 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 you know, dealing with stuff. Let's have a little bit more sympathy here. You know, a little more respect and, you know, I'm not expecting you to be something for me. Yeah. I want you to be yourself or work your, work your thing out. And I'd like you to also realise I'm doing that. Yeah. Then we have that sense of relationship which is sympathetic but spacious. Yeah. And that's an important thing to bring into, into relating to people because so often the the experience of relationship, you help them get closer and closer and closer. What's going on? What are you thinking about right now? What's going on in your mind? <laughs> Why did you say that? They're <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty intense. You know, this is helpful. Oh, we say, oh, people, other people, it just blips on the screen, doesn't matter. No, I don't think that's it either, is it? Because this sense of the community is supposed to be, you know, the holy life, the um, main aim is spiritual friendship. What does spiritual friendship mean? What does friendship mean? It's a sense of being, you be how you are, yeah, and I'm this, or I'm in this, and you're in There's a space there that is respectful and open sympathetic and this is just because since we are in this occasion together it's either going to go like that or is he going to, why do you do that? I don't see that. I don't like the look of that. You know, we go into that, aren't we? I want more of him. I don't like her. We're going to go into all that stuff. Since we are, the occasion is communal. 
and you try and find a place where you don't have to be with other people. And in Sangha life, it's that's that's the diff- that is the fundamental quality that you're always referring to other people. You know, just to get fed, and you've got to have a teacher, and you've got to have other people. So other people are not just things that get in the way of practice. Other people are practice, and I'm another person. I, you know, I have to realise that people see something about me that affects me in certain ways, and yeah, okay, you know, let me know about it if you like. <laughs> But not all of it. <laughs> so it's that sense in which we are really using our lives in this way of regulating the kind of karmic tendencies that arise around requisites, around what we think our life is about. Job, future, no, but life is about awakening. It's about death. It's about the choice between death and awakening. This is what we're, this is the the, 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 the conundrum we're in. Both of those, one is inevitable and one is possible. So that's the fundamental thing that is is the, you know, why the Buddha went forth. Uh, as, a, as a young man, that, that, that. And we keep coming back to that because we're in the same boat. And then the requisites, how we handle our lives, and then our people, and their own. Are you reflecting on that? Are you taking that in? Are you considering it? Are you noticing the rough places or the numb places or the places where there isn't? Respect techniques were granted, or just being a bit dismissive, noticing it. Karma there. It's karma. You're engaging in a certain tension. And that's going to have results. And every time that we run through some of these, and we bear in mind and we bring back what was the quality of honesty did that feel like? what was the quality of kindness or non-dismissiveness respectfulness what did that feel like? what is the sense of generosity of where I serve where I wish to help Thing I take, really take for granted. What does it feel like? And can we collect that, gather that back? Because these are very important qualities to, to constantly recollect the skillfulness of your actions. And good actions, particularly in our, in our often if we, we just do them, we don't really notice them. We notice the harmful ones. The things that cause us regret, do you notice the good ones? Because if you do, the quality of the good, quality of the, of the, the, the good energy in that will firm up, consolidate your, your mind, your heart, your jitta. And if it stays in that, 
it feels comfortable. It starts to settle down in that in that state. When it settles down, it doesn't run out. It doesn't run out. It doesn't run into the, the wilderness of its agitation and despair. But it doesn't run out. It doesn't run out into the past and the future. It stays in itself. And it stays in itself and settles down. It finally has the freedom from having to deal with stuff. It's contented. It's contented. It's able to... Oh. To see the mirror. And to... The result of good karma is one can get to the end of it. Of this spinning, dealing, returning, agitating, worrying. So when you're doing a consolidated period of practice, as you all are, remember this is everything, this is your time in the hall, time in the kitchen, time in reset time, remembering this every day, bearing it in mind, sense restraint, remembering to have just speech, how much is necessary, how useful is that, is it helpful, let's just take a little bit of that, turning it back, directing it back, there's always a little more to say, Enough. Enough. In silence, respecting that. When the mind is held carefully, this is for our long-term benefit, because when the mind is held carefully, you notice something about it. This has strength, and it has a quality that is rare to find in the world. This is a quality that can realize the deathless